Hi, everybody. It's Rachel Klausner here again from Changemakers From Within. I'm so pumped to be joined by Stacy Baxter from Castlight Health, who has a different day job, but also as what we call our, her social impact moonlight job, is really to lead kind of social impact work at Castlight. And that is what we are here to talk about. So welcome, Stacy. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm pumped to be here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and for anyone listening that kind of wants to break into social impact, I think Stacy's story is going to be the perfect kind of um, blueprint. So definitely listen along, hear what the experiences that she's had along the way. I think they'll, they'll be really interesting. Um, Stacy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your path to kind of where you are today? Yeah, definitely. So I started volunteering when I was really young, um, inspired by my sister. We grew up in the suburbs in the Bay Area. And basically, when we were maybe 11 and 13 years old, we took the bus to San Francisco, uh, to the Tenderloin to volunteer at San Francisco AIDS Foundation dinner, just serving sodas and whatnot. And that was really my first introduction to volunteering. From there, I've volunteered at many nonprofits, ended up going to college, and then after college, I joined the Peace Corps, and I lived in Botswana, Africa for over two years, and my official job title was Local Government and Community Capacity Builder, <laughs> which, yeah, I wouldn't be like, okay, great, what does that mean? And they're like, yeah, you just build the capacity of local government and of your community, get to know people. So really what that ended up being is like, um, getting to know people for quite a while for a few months and building more trust and then seeing who in the community and who in this community development department of the local government I can partner with to carry out different programs that help them and really make change. Um, so that was amazing and basically it ended up I ended up doing things like partnering with a teacher to lead an after-school program for kids and a camp for kids. I ended up working with a group of mostly poor women who we jump-started a bakery together for some extra income. And I worked with community development and social welfare department of the Botswana of the city government and worked with them to monitor and evaluate workshops and basically improve processes. Um, so it was an incredible experience. Yeah, it sounds very varied. It sounds like you were yeah. on a different hats doing a lot of different kinds of programming. Yeah, and it was such a, like, Peace Corps is different everywhere, but for me and in Botswana, it was such a different experience because I was the first volunteer that this government had had. And I was supposed to work partly with them, partly in the community on my own projects. So it was a ton of freedom to do what I want. And of course, that also meant a ton of ambiguity. Yep. But um, I, I thrived in that and I, I loved it. It took a while to like figure out what to do and build the trust of people. But then once I figured that out, it was uh, like one of, is the most impactful thing I've ever done. And I loved my time there. Super cool. So what'd you do after the Peace Corps? After the Peace Corps, I worked at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in a, a nonprofit, and I worked in the fundraising campaign called Team and Training. 
And as I imagine many people listening to this podcast know, when you work in nonprofit, you wear a ton of different hats. So I started out mostly working on campaign logistics and on event planning. And then did that about a year and a half. And then the last couple of years, they are focused more on marketing and operations. So basically supporting other fundraising staff so that they could go out, recruit fundraisers, cultivate them. And then I'm doing all the behind the scenes work to make things flow smoothly. Cool. I'm seeing already an interesting pattern between the capacity building that you were doing in Botswana, and then again, basically capacity building at Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, helping others campaign. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And throughout all that time too, like even in the end of Peace Corps, talking with other volunteers about like, okay, great, our service ends soon, what are we going to do next? I like started learning about corporate social responsibility and continued learning about it and networking in that space throughout my three and a half years at team and training and was interested in the like corporate teams that are doing things and basically I was like oh these like teams it kind of like I could see the kind of the the connection between working in federal government with Peace Corps working in nonprofit at the Leukemia Lymphoma Society working with these fundraisers who many of them work at companies and kind of seeing that like they in that they have the money to fundraise and donate to LLS and wanting to be part of that that system as well. Cool. So after the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, what was next? Yeah, so after that, I I knew from like networking in the CSR space and everything that I really wanted to get into social impact. So first I was only applying to social impact jobs and only ones that like really caught my eye. I was being very particular. And then I realized that those jobs are few and far between. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, what? It was like five jobs every two months. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) And I was like, okay, might need to (laughs) re-strategize. You know, there's like not, it's like so, there's so few roles. It's really hard to to job hunt specifically for that. Yeah. Exactly. And like, I knew I was passionate about that, but I also was like, okay, well, I think there are some other things I can do. And I actually talked to a friend who gave me really solid advice, which is to align my job search with my past, which sounds like the most simple thing ever. I'm like, yeah, of course, that's obvious. <laughs> but basically, I was applying to different different companies that were not health related that didn't really see like common threads between my experience at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and Peace Corps. So after that, I ended up work. I ended up like uh, applying to different companies that are health related companies. So primarily health tech companies and biotech companies, because that has more of a, like it connects better with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And then also in Peace Corps, most of what I did had some type of effect on HIV AIDS in Botswana. So it all tied together better that I got so many more um, like interviews when I tied my resume in better in that regard. 
And I also ended up applying not just to CSR manager positions, but rather to different positions that fit with my background as well, which is mostly in marketing, communications, and operations or program management. Cool. So when you ended up joining Castlight, you your day job is not, you know, social impact <laughs> manager. What is your day job? Yeah, good question. So my day job is engagement strategy manager. And basically what that means is we are a, uh, we say B2B to C company. So we sell CastSite, which is a health benefits product. We sell it to other customers. And then I work with those customers or those companies to engage their employees in using Castlight. Cool. So basically we come up with communication plans together and then we get as many employees registered for Castlight as we can so that they can navigate through their health plan and incentivize them to take healthy behaviors through Castlight. Cool. And so when you took on this, you know, you joined Castlight and you took on this kind of day job as engagement strategy manager, at what point did you decide, okay, okay, Castlight, let's do some social impact work, like hand raising over here. I'm happy to help and jump in wherever you need. Yeah. So it was a really smooth transition and I'm incredibly lucky to work at a company that is mission driven with a bunch of colleagues that really do work and care and are passionate about helping people. Um, so before I joined, there were a few social groups at Castlight and I joined almost all of them, including a, <laughs> including a volunteering group. And I saw that that group had, hadn't volunteered in a while so I worked with the lead to help um, put together a volunteer event and we went and we volunteered and I did a couple of those but I realized that there wasn't as much participation as I would think for a company of our size we how, have like how big are you guys we are around 400 employees yep. and the San Francisco office I believe was around 175 or 200 employees and of the two events we did, uh, I, I want to say last year, um, they each poured together around right. 10 volunteers each. So I was like, okay, like of like 200-ish people that work in SF, only 10-ish are coming. Like, and from, from working in or networking in all those um, networks and basically attending all these social impact events, I learned that having an executive sponsorship is really key to driving forward social impact within a company. So basically, we had this volunteering channel. We ended up, and, and that's part of a bigger culture team at Castlight, which after almost a year of me working at Castlight, that team was revamped. So then I became part of the culture team and I led a social impact, which is like a subcommittee of the culture team. And one of the first things I did is work with two other co-workers to strategize and make me strategize. How do we want this to look at Castlight? What do we want it to entail? What's going on now? Isn't necessarily pulling a lot of people to volunteer. How do we want to change that? And one of the things we did was uh, meet with our CEO and then get her buy-in to, which like 
wasn't even that much work because she's incredibly passionate about this and was very on board. Um, But it was just like getting that and getting her input onto how to shape this program moving forward. Cool. And so she was that executive sponsor that you referenced earlier that you were like, okay, we need to go get an executive sponsor. Exactly. Most people we talk to when they go get an executive sponsor, it's not necessarily the CEO. So kudos to you guys for being like, let's just go to the top. Let's make this happen. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. We are like incredibly lucky to have a really supportive executive leadership team. And I think that actually helps shape some of the cultural team moving forward because as our cultural team was revamping and kind of reforming um, our executive sponsor or our CEO then became executive sponsor of the cultural team in general. And now things are reforming again within this social impact subcommittee. And yeah, things are going pretty well though. So a lot of folks listening are kind of looking to break into social impact. Um, it sounds like pre-Castlight, you were on this like, let's do social impact. And then you kind of realize that there just aren't that many roles out there. I need to kind of cast a wider net. Let me align with a company that I feel super passionate about and that I would fit in well with. And then once I'm there, you know, as a side hustle within the company, let's build out their social impact work. Um, And I think that's a theme that we're seeing kind of across the board. Almost every single person that's come on this podcast has had a similar story, not necessarily that they were searching for social impact, but they were, you know, it was always something that was kind of unattainable, but once they were at a company in a different role, building out social impact was just this natural step for them as, as an individual. Um, and also for the company, right? The company was kind of ripe for something to start kind of moving at a faster pace. Um, so what would you say to the kind of folks listening that are looking to break into social impact? Any tips for them? Like how should they be thinking about their search? Yeah, great question. Um, So I would say my biggest piece of advice is do not narrow yourself to looking just for social impact jobs, but rather cast the net wider so that the jobs you're looking for align with your experience and the companies you're looking for also align with your passions and your experience. And with that, it I, I believe it's also very important to work at a mission-driven company, or at least for me, like that was important to me. And I imagine a lot of the people listening on this line. And I also imagine that that makes it easier to break into social impact at a company that already is mission-driven. And so with that, like even in you know, I kind of debated when I was applying to different jobs, how much should I talk about social impact? Because people can see from my philanthropic background that I'm a compassionate person. Uh, Should I like kind of shy away from that and be like, no, but I care about business too. Or should I be like, (laughs) and and I I ended up doing both. I, I was, first of all, very clear in interviews when people were kind of like, so did you mean to apply for this job at a company when everything you've done in the past is nonprofit or government? And I was like, yes, I'm specifically looking to, to work in a mission 
like to work in a company basically to work in a mission driven company or to work in a corporate world and i explained why and i think they have a lot of capacity to do good but also very importantly i like the environment i like the setup of moving more fast paced of having the ability to to come up with an idea and move forward with it without as much red tape um so basically being honest in that in that space during the interview process but then also like you have a kind of like a a bonus feature that like in addition to your day job you also want to help cultivate the company and make the company even better by doing abc by basically doing social impact work at it and that's something that you will bring to the table as like an extra thing that perhaps other candidates aren't aren't doing and aren't talking about yep and one of the things that we've seen also is a lot of folks kind of join the company have a totally different role and then as the company grows and gets to a point where wow wait a second we we definitely need to prioritize kind of social impact and make it someone's full-time job it's very unlikely that that company is then going to go outside the company and recruit someone else when you know there was someone leading the charge from within and so i think that's something that we're realizing is let's say for every few roles that are posted to a job board there are dozens more being post being not posted but being filled from within a company from someone who is taking on that initiative already exactly and i think that's important too with the job search knowing that if you do see a position for corporate social responsibility manager they might be posting that but already have their eyes on people within the company yep. who are already doing yep. that work so. yeah i think you're i think you're spot on um Cool. So can you tell us a little bit more about some of the kind of social impact programming that you guys are doing at Castlight Health? And yeah, and I also want to make sure that we talk about the hackathon. So we started our social impact team in November of three people. Um I'll try to give you a brief history although I might talk for a while about <laughs> social impact at Castlight. So this team started in November and we've already spent the first few months like strategizing how to do social impact at Castlight. Um and we were eventually able to meet with our CEO about 3 or 4 months later and talk to her and let her know what we see which is basically like we are a health tech company. We want to have one main partnership with a nonprofit that's health related. and then support our colleagues and whatever other positive like programs they want to do whatever other fundraising or volunteering or social impact initiatives they want to do we want to build our capacity to be able to take charge on those in addition to volunteering with one main non-profit so uh we ended up thinking that we were looking for nonprofits in February and then coronavirus came and shut down place and everything there so basically we put things on hold for a little while since we knew there wasn't there wasn't too much that we felt could be done that was aligning with the vision we had of partnering with one nonprofit to volunteer with that's um a health related nonprofit but basically 
also basically we had a, a few things that we wanted to hit on and it was difficult to find that even before shelter in place but then with everything happening with racial justice and with the culmination of I mean, everything for the past century since the U.S. was created, but then especially with George and his murder, it's just we refocus our shift to be on racial justice. And by this point, we had also the Cultural Leadership Committee at Cassite with our CEO as executive sponsor. So when we were talking in a meeting with her about how to address these racial justices within CASSITE and outside of it, um, me and my social impact team, we created a model, like a, a structure of racial justice at CASSITE. And it basically split it into four different spheres of places to address this. So we have our product. So we had a hackathon where we looked up different initiatives and different programs where where CASSITE can actually make change with racial justice. We had our company. So what can our company do to address this? And that had things like book clubs, discussions, external speakers coming to CASSITE to talk about these issues. It had individual, which is basically us castators reflecting on what our company is doing and learning in our own time about all this stuff and basically like looking inward at ourselves. And then we also have community. And community is really like, how can we help our communities? So some of the work streams in that sub bucket were supporting locally owned businesses by people of color, advocating for policy changes, volunteering with nonprofits, etc. And that, of course, was remote volunteering. Um, so yeah, so basically, that is how we split up these racial justice initiatives. And then our steps with that afterward is um, we had created a social impact survey months earlier and we then like quickly changed it around to have it be not just a social impact survey but a social impact and racial justice survey so at first racial justice well just under social impact we got leaders for each of these initiatives and that survey our ceo actually sent it out and asked people to fill it out and it had a ton of responses, like more so than most surveys at CASSITE, which just goes to show that this is something that is top of mind for the vast majority of people. And people are passionate. And I was overwhelmed with how many people wanted to help lead initiatives and contribute to them. So basically, we formed our work streams from there. We got volunteers to lead those different initiatives and then we basically built our capacity to do so um so I feel like I'm rambling now oh I I love it I'm like super excited to hear about each of these things um what what did you have any of the speakers yet come yeah, we did. And that was actually our CEO's idea. So we had our first speaker come, and he is an ex-prisoner from San Quentin, and he advocated for for the rights of prisoners while he was a prisoner, and after he was released from jail, he's still doing that today. 
And it was just an incredible experience to listen to him, to his experience there, to him talking about coronavirus affecting prisoners, how, how like basically the rights and the power or lack of power of prisoners to, to um, do anything. And basically, I mean, really like they are, they, it felt like they were sitting ducks just waiting for a coronavirus to come. And it was, it really humanized for me um, prisoners. And I, I grew up semi-close to San Quentin. I feel like it, it really changed my perspective of prisoners and kind of like put a face to them. And that was really special. And I think that's something that our external speaker series is aiming to do is to help like maybe people who don't have as much experience interacting day in and day out with certain people to have those interactions. So that was um, basically, that was our first speaker. Our next two are in the process of being planned. And that's being done by someone who's volunteered to lead this initiative. And we had an overwhelming, like maybe 30 or 40 people that wanted to help volunteer with this. Wow. So, yeah. So what she did is she sent out um, an email to people or like maybe created a Slack channel for them to join and basically was like, here's an Excel sheet. If you have any suggestions for speakers, put them in here, like say why and kind of gave an idea of like what we were looking for. And then between her and the CFO, who was actually the person who got the first uh, speaker because he volunteers at San Quentin, um, they together are kind of walking through like what's next. And then something that is uh, <laughs> something that I that I like, and that was at first like a bit of a transition, and I didn't know if I would like it. I was very uncertain of that, but the cultural team at Cassite has transformed within the last couple weeks. So, so, so now we have these different subcommittees. Whereas social impact used to be one, it's now being a bit more dispersed throughout all of our culture committee, with the subcommittee being changed to volunteering and charitable giving. So things like events within CASA is now falling under a different subcommittee. So these external speakers is now being managed by someone else. So it's it's pretty great. They're still the same volunteer lead, but she's working with someone else to basically like move that initiative forward. It's so, so interesting. It's, it sounds like it sounds like the shift is more instead of social impact being this like separate arm, it's kind of just being embedded into what you guys are doing, right? It's like, oh yeah, okay, we're doing these events or we're doing, you know, whatever the whatever the thing is, it shouldn't just be this like side committee that's handling it, but now let's embed it to everyone who's focused on culture in general. Um, exactly. So it's really, it, it just feels like it's being prioritized just by this restructuring. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and one other example of that is our hackathon. Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. So we do hackathons um, from time to time, maybe two-ish a year. So they've been going on long, long before I joined Castlight. And this one, so we actually did one on coronavirus, which I was uh, out of country right before that one started. But this latest one was on basically bridging gaps in healthcare inequities. 
And so my role in that was to recruit volunteers to help with with kind of project managing the hackathon to support our, um, basically the person who's been running all of these for, I'm not sure how many years, but we are. this was our 23rd hackathon. Oh, wow. Okay. And does the whole engineering team participate? Well, that's the great thing. Everyone who wants oh, to everyone. participate. Not just yeah. engineering, the whole company. Exactly. exactly. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really cool way to, like, get to know your colleagues that work in all different departments and work on something together. And obviously, the product and engineering colleagues are um, very valuable in this when you're trying to change the product or, like, add something to it. But some of the initiatives, like, one of them was on um, – basically changing like the banners or the layout in cast site during certain times. So for example, in June, maybe having like a rainbow banner for Pride Month and different things like that. So that would take some work from like our design team and other people to contribute in whichever ways. Cool. Yeah. Right. So that, that was one of our like nine projects we did for this this hackathon of like bridging inequity gaps in healthcare and basically over 50 employees got together they they worked on different hacks they um created nine different projects and then the winning three teams each got to choose a nonprofit to donate to and that was kind of like their prize for winning so they donated to the Trevor project they donated to a couple other nonprofits that basically help one with um helping people to kind of like learn English as a second language and another one that works more with justice and healthcare inequities Super cool. And I think it, what you were saying though about like thinking of your product, thinking of what your company works on and kind of tying that, like making social impact somewhat around that rather than its own like small side projects. Yep. Yeah. I love it. I've been, you know, working with a few companies that are um, thinking about how to in like change some of their products to be more impactful and some of the smallest changes in a product because software is so scalable that in the same ways the impact that you make can be so scalable so um, it's really exciting that's why I find these hackathons are super super fun Um, especially usually the hackathons I've been a part of are just more general so when they're around social impact I just think it's it's such a fun um, it's such a fun twist. Agreed. I'm going to like go off on a little side tangent here, but I, uh, me and our social impact team, we had a meeting recently with our CFO and we're talking over the possibility of possibly having a matching gift set up or matching employee donations and something. And we talked about social impact in general, like this is why we want this, etc. And um, our CFO said something that like, I, I knew, but I didn't really know. And it really struck a chord with me. It was more about like, Cassite is doing a lot. We've we've created this test, this COVID-19 test finder site, and it powers Google Maps. It's the biggest national directory of finding where to get tested for COVID-19 in the whole U.S., so cool right and so it's helping people to like find access to medical care and it's free it's not necessary like we're we're not doing it just for our customers it's for anyone how do how do people access it 
they can, well, there are many ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you even just Google COVID-19 test finder, cool. or if you Google CAS site, test finder, you'll see it. And it's on cool. the CAS site homepage as well. And even if you just are in Google Maps, like we are powering Google Maps. So cool. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, right. So that's something that we've invested over $1.5 million into this, which is huge and, you know, big scale. And obviously, that's not something that like Castle can do on a yearly basis. And there's not necessarily a need to do that yearly, fingers crossed. (laughs) But just like the fact that we put so much money into something that isn't directly tied to us making money. I think that that's really special and that, you know, when I'm talking about matching gifts of like, you know, for like $10,000 or something like that, like that is still very important and gets, you know, the, gets our employees to feel like they're contributing to it, but also thinking big picture of what Cassite is doing and can do within our product, within this project of the, you know, COVID test finder site. So Awesome. That's what I think. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So can you tell us a little bit more about kind of what's next for social impact programming at Castlight and kind of what's the 10-year vision? Yeah. So um, the 10-year vision I see is, is really based off of um, my Peace Corps experience, which is, you know, I went into Peace Corps knowing I'm going to be in Botswana for two years and three months, and then I'm going to leave. So if I carry out all these projects on myself and then leave, there's a good chance they'll fall apart when I leave. And that's kind of similar, like, especially with um, jobs in the U S and the Bay area and health tech jobs or any tech jobs. I feel like it's pretty uncommon for people to stay at the same place for 10 plus years so my and you never know (laughs) but um I want to build a social impact program that's sustainable at Castlight and I want it to be based on like having such a strong foundation that if I were to leave if anyone were to leave um you know whether that be other like social impact subcommittee members if the cultural team were to somewhat like reform if the CEO were to leave, if anyone were to leave, I want this program to still be standing and for people to have a way to give back and to make a difference in our communities, um, regardless of, of who's still here and who's not. So our program is actually reforming quite a bit this year. And I actually have my first meeting tomorrow under this new cultural subcommittee where what we used to call social impact is now volunteering and charitable giving. So it's now more focused on the community rather than all four spheres of the previous framework. And that one of the great things with this change in our cultural structure is that there are now, I believe, nine people in the subcommittee, whereas before it was um, three of us that have led it from November till now, so for about the last nine months. Whereas now we'll have eight or nine people doing this. So it's great to see the different enthusiasm of different people and kind of like um, the great question, where do I see this in 10 years? I think after tomorrow's meeting, we'll have a little bit better idea of where we see it in the near term. 
But basically what we see long-term is connecting to our company, making sure that we are not just some side project, but rather ingrained in Castlight in general. That, you know, our mission as a company is to help people lead happier, healthier lives, to tie in with that, tie in with health and well-being, and to really have it be part of Castlight. I'm so excited to hear where this meeting goes and where and where the next 10 years goes. <laughs> to <laughs> that too. It's going to be fun and I and I absolutely love that you really took kind of your experience very similarly your experience in the Peace Corps to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society but you also kind of pulled in to kind of what you're doing with social impact at Castlight where it's really about capacity building. It's not just like what can I do as Stacy? but how do I help all these other teams kind of do what they do best and propel social impact in the way that they're doing it? So I love that. Appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, Stacey, for being on the podcast. We're so excited to have you, and I cannot wait to share this out with the community. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here, and it's been a pleasure talking to you, Rachel. Same and- here. Same here. Stay safe. <laughs>